As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Straw Hut Media. Cheers, my love. <laughs> Salute. Mm. Okay. Let's swap those COVID germs. Swapping COVID. Pour yourself a glass of your finest tequila or whatever you drink. From Straw Hut Media, this is Tequila Talk with Daisy Fuentes and Richard Mox. Yes, listeners. Daisy did in fact have COVID last week. She tested positive, I tested negative. And uh, our doctor said, okay, well, are you guys separating? Are you isolating? Are you sleeping in different rooms? And I was like, no. And he goes, okay, well then get ready. <laughs> and but at that point it was too, we were already together for the whole week. By the time I tested, I already had symptoms for like two days. So it was too late. What was the, what would have been the point of that? There was no point. There was no point. Plus I wouldn't have done it anyway. <laughs> I was, I was away from you all my life up until a few years ago. So I'm not doing that anymore. Um, they did say in sickness and in health. Yes. So I have not tested positive, <clears throat> but I definitely have COVID. Oh yeah. I mean, I have, but I have the, uh, what I hope those of you look at this, everybody's got, I now know fewer people who haven't gotten it then, yeah. which is saying something. Cause a month ago it would have been the opposite. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm hoping that, uh, those of you out there who are currently dealing with it are dealing with it the way I am or even lesser. Yeah. I feel like I have a cold. I don't even have so far. I don't want to jinx it. Uh, I haven't had severe muscle aches. I haven't had headaches. That's the, like one of the number one yeah. symptoms are like excruciating headaches. Yeah. I had some headaches, but not excruciating, just, you know, mild headaches. Um, coughing, sinusy. You can kind of hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have some of that lingering, yeah. even though I'm sure I'm over it because it's been over a week. It's been like two weeks. Yeah. No, no, no. No, it's, it's been, been a week. It's been a week. It's been over a week. You got Well, you got it. Uh, last Monday. Last Monday. I got it Saturday. Yeah. Or Saturday night, I yeah. think. Um, we were supposed to fly home back to L.A. Monday. But we decided to stay because there was no way I was going to take this shit on a plane. Right. So now all we're doing really is just um, isolating. Yeah, we until, have been isolating. Until we're not contagious. Well, I'm not really, I don't think I'm contagious anymore, but just yeah. in case. <laughs> but we're, <clears throat> we're definitely going with the recommended days of yeah. staying away from people. I'm just here taking care of my baby man. You are. You are. Um, <laughs> 
you know, there's a part of me that feels like, well, first of all, I'm incredibly grateful that I got vaccinated and boosted. Yeah. I think that's a big part of why I'm, I'm not having trouble with this so far. Yeah. I'm hoping that in the next day or so, I'm kind of over it. My, my, uh, physician got it finally. And it was amazing. Like every doctor has been getting it. Yeah. He, he, he lasted a long time. He had, he was, he felt shitty for a couple of days and then he was back to working out. And, yeah. um, you know, yesterday we walked in our neighborhood for two miles, Yeah, which was like, it wasn't it was like I was fine. tired or anything. So, mm-hmm. but I, at the same time, I don't want to minimize it because there are people having it. Really, well, I mean, really the, the bad. hospitalization, first of all, the death toll currently is about 1700 a day. Yeah. Which is not insignificant at all. That's crazy. And, uh, I mean, if you heard about something else that was killing 1700 people a day, you'd go, what the fuck? I don't want to go near that. Yeah. So we, even though we've been dealing with COVID for so long, we cannot take it lightly. Um, yeah, we kind of become immune to those numbers and we kind of just, you know, um, really get, don't even hear it anymore. Keep talking to our listeners. I'm going to turn this air conditioning off. Which is <laughs> right Richard Marks has this <laughs> thing. Richard Marks has this thing where he gets hot and then he gets cold and then he gets right, hot and then he gets cold. Kind of like Katy Perry. Um... And it's, it happens mostly here in Miami where the AC is always right. blasting Any place everywhere. Any place where it's hot, you're like, oh, I love being there because it's so hot. Yeah, but it's always fucking freezing inside everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's why I always have a sweater on. Yeah. Um, um, wait, I was going to make a point about, a further point about COVID. Is this the brain fog? I think this is the, fr- the brain fog, the COVID brain. Oh, what I was, actually, I was going to say that the other thing to not uh, minimize even with Omicron, is lingering effects. Um, you know, my son Jesse had, what well, I think he had Delta because he lost his taste and smell. Yeah, we haven't. We have not. Um, we've always had impeccable taste. And we continue <laughs> to. Um, but Jesse got over, it took a long time for him to get his taste and smell back yeah and he's going oh so he i don't know how how many of you who've had covid uh had this thing but first of all i turned it off i turned the air off how many minutes ago and it's still it takes it takes a minute blowing me i mean blowing on me yeah it takes a minute for it to why should it take a minute because not everything is instant well most on and off things are yeah what is it with the acs don't work that way Somebody needs to look into that. Yeah, not me. Like, if you hit the button that says yeah, off, it yeah. should go, oh, off. Okay, I'm yeah. not, oh, I'll, I'll turn oh, off. Oh, look, it's off. I'll turn off when I feel yeah, like it. Yeah, look, just while you were talking crap, it went off. Yeah. Yeah, see? Uh, uh, so Jesse experienced something that I had not heard about. Maybe you, some of you who've had it can relate to this. He lost his sense of taste and smell for about four days, five days. Mm-hmm. And then when it started to come back, see what happens is, and my son explained this to me because I think he did the research. When you lose your sense of smell, for example, it's because something chemically happens that kind of cuts off your, uh, your smell in your, in your nasal passages and your sinuses. <coughs> and 
when it comes back, when it sort of clicks back on, mm-hmm. it's extreme. So everything smelled awful to him. Mm-hmm. So he'd be in a, you know, he's now two weeks past it. He's not contagious. He just does, still doesn't have his taste and smell back, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes to dinner with his girlfriend and he almost ha- had to leave because he felt like he was going to vomit because everything smelled like the most toxic waste. <laughs> he said it was just like no, no one else could smell it. Yeah. And do we know if it's just like nerve endings that like so. reattach or like reignite or something? And then all of a sudden you just, it's like brand new. I think so. Um, that is so strange, isn't it? But it took a few days and he yeah. sort of uh, settled back in. And he's well, fine. I'm glad that didn't happen to us because we've been eating really well and healthy during all of this. Yeah, we've been, we've been uh, eating this Blue Zones diet for the most, I mean, I'd say 99%. Yeah, we talked about it on the last show. Yeah. And it's been going really well. I feel good about it. I like it. We haven't really had any processed or packaged or, you know, uh, preservative filled anything. Right. Just whole foods. Yeah. For example, last night I made an amazing lentil stew. Amazing. It was so good. Um, super filling. Tell them what was in it. Uh, well, I started with a, I made it kind of like a Spanish flavor. What, what I'm used to from home, from like my mom cooking. So I start with um, a, a mirepoix base, which is uh, onions, garlic, celery, and carrots. I also added uh, chopped peppers, uh, jalapeno pepper, mm. green pepper, red pepper. Um, <clears throat> carrots? Uh, Did you say carrots? Yeah. Diced potatoes. Yeah. Uh, vegetable broth. Then the carrots. When you put uh, a uh, sorry, the lentils, and I also added some pinto beans. Yeah, that was amazing. Tons of protein. Tons of protein. It was very filling. Very and really dense. flavorful. But yeah, it was really really good, and it's easy. I added. I also added peas and spinach. The way we've been eating, you know, sometimes these kind of diets can put people off because you think you're just going to deprive yourself and have bland, shitty food, but that's not the case with this. Sometimes I think the most delicious meals are the cleanest. Yeah. And I think the important thing with this that, you know, a friend of mine uh, called me and said she'd heard, she was listening to the last podcast and she was really motivated to clean up her diet as well. And she said, um, she just really has a hard time knowing how to start. And I reminded her that it's really about meal prepping. So it's really important to get all your vegetables and to get all your things and wash them, prepare them, cut them up, get them all ready and just have everything prepped in the fridge so that when you do need to use them, you can easily build either your bowl or you can cook something quickly. And because it is a little more time consuming because you don't have the convenience of a prepackaged, you know, processed anything. Yeah. So meal prepping really does help. And there are lots of videos on YouTube and, you know, uh, lists on Pinterest that you can follow. It's definitely worth giving it a try. And, you know, once or twice a week, just do a little meal prep. Get your things ready. You'll have healthier food available for you when you're hungry so you don't reach for the junk food. And that's another thing. 
uh, get rid of your junk food. Go through your pantry. Yeah, don't tempt yourself. Yeah, everything that you know is, that is there that you really shouldn't be eating, all the chips, all the snacks, all the cookies, and all the crackers, and all the... Just get rid of it. Don't tempt yourself. And this way, when you do get a little bit hungry, you reach for things that are already prepped, things that you've already established that you want to eat, and just make sure that it's real, whole food. Yes. It makes a huge difference. Anyway, of which, I'm still I'm still promoting it. I'm still I'm still kind of hoping to inspire more people to go this route instead of the traditional New Year's resolution diet, which yeah. everyone fails. Speaking of that, um, and I want to be careful with this, but speaking of uh, inspiring people, encouraging people, you know, as you guys who the faithful listeners know that Daisy and I have been plant based for <clears throat> six or seven years, seven years. Um. And we promote a plant-based diet uh, for all the reasons that one should. I just want to take a minute <clears throat> because I notice, I've been noticing, especially on social media, particularly on social media. Like I know someone who is a big plant-based uh, food advocate, um, published author, uh, like always talking about the movement yeah. <clears throat> and every single social media post by this person who's a wonderful person uh, and well-meaning every post of food is the most processed preservative filled yeah. junk food garbage really yeah and it's like I kind of I don't know this person well enough to go hey you know it's it's great that you're promoting that it's plant based, but yeah. don't mislead. Like, and yeah. also, this is a person who has fought their weight their whole life, yeah, and still does. Right. It's because it's just because it's plant based doesn't mean it's not still like not good for you. Oh, absolutely. That's not you know the point is not to just go plant based because when you and, and you know that's the good news and the bad news of it that when you do decide to cut out animal products, there are there's a product to replace everything. There are mock meats. There are even fish. There's, you know, prepackaged everything. And the same way that you shouldn't be eating, you know, meat every day, you shouldn't be eating these plant-based versions of them yeah. every day. They are a treat, you know, when you're going to have uh, a burger, the same way that you were, if you were to have a, a an animal burger, you would have uh, one of these mock meat burgers. Yeah. You know, these are things that are better than the animal product, but still not a health food. For instance, it's like, a treat. If you're a person, especially if you have uh, obesity, dealing with obesity, if you're dealing with diabetes, if you're dealing with some health issues yeah, and you're addicted to, you know, going to a fast, like a Burger King every yeah. day. Right. And you replace that by going to veggie grill or someplace that's all plant-based. Yeah. The good news of that is you are now no longer going to be feeding yourself a tremendous amount of cholesterol and, yeah. and animal products that are and hormones. And hormones and antibiotics and that shit. That's, and so that's a plus, but it's not going to help you get healthier or lose any weight. Because you're still eating yeah, junk food. It's, it's still a high-calorie 
um, it's still a high calorie, high fat yeah. item. Yeah. So like with anything else you do, you do want to ration those things out. But what I, what I understand that this guy is trying to do is he's probably trying to just show people that you can, if you do like really decadent comfort foods and you do like all that stuff, that there is a replacement for it all. And that's important to know that you're not going to be missing anything so that when you do have those cravings, it's easily yes. accessible. So that is a good point. Absolutely true. My, my criticism is that there's nothing in his narrative that says, Hey, by the way, this should be considered a true there's all these other options. He I never know, posts about like healthy plant-based food. It's well, there always are many, garbage. There are many people, many chefs, many authors, many people who just write about and talk about and eat and give share recipes that are for comfort food. That's fine. That's his shtick. Yeah. He's not a health guy. Clearly. And that bothers you. It doesn't bother me. I just feel like it's a, I mean, look, he can do whatever he wants. And, uh, but I feel like I'm just talking out loud. Like sometimes I see that and I want to go, dude, like, I know. that's fine. But why does every post have to right. be some packaged, you know, yeah. Like junk food? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, there it's are, not it's not helping people for every one of those. There are 10 others who are showing whole food, plant-based, yeah. healthy yeah. recipes. There are so, so many, I think it balances it out. There so are, many Instagram it, accounts, It's nice especially. to see that you have the options that you can, you know, have a comfort food and that you can have a healthy food and that it can all be plant-based. It's nice to see that there is a variation. We'll be right back after this short break. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The other thing I really find compelling, I guess is the word, because I remember hearing about this years ago, about put as many colors on your plate. Yeah. And when you look at particularly the plant-based chefs who have great Instagram accounts. Yeah. When I see their posts and they're they're making these meals and dishes that are just looks like every color in the rainbow. Yeah. And it's delicious. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I've been doing that lately when I when I'm cooking, uh before I finish the the meal, I make sure that I have plenty of colors in there. And by that I mean, you know, some like uh, red and definitely green. Yeah. So even if it's at the end, yeah, I, I pretty much, you know, I keep a bag and this is a good tip. I keep a bag of frozen spinach and frozen peas. You can add that to so many things at the end of cooking something. You just add, add you know, a huge handful of 
frozen spinach and you've already increased the nutritional value of your meal and add peas and you've added extra protein. Um, and at the end, I always sprinkle it with some parsley or cilantro and you've got those fresh herbs that are really good for, and anti-inflammatory. And these are just great little things that you can keep on hand and kind of do at the end of every meal or to almost every meal. As George Carlin reminded us years ago, however, there's no blue food. There's blueberries. Blueberries are purple. God damn it. They're blue. It's bullshit. They're blue. They're purple. They're blue. That's the first thing he said. Blueberries are purple. Shut up. They're blue. They're purple. They're blue. Anyway, um, who's got the blue food? Is that on another <laughs> planet, maybe? There is this really nice blue spirulina that you oh, can yeah. use to make a smoothie, and it looks really pretty. Okay. Uh, shifting gears, because I really want to talk about this. So over the weekend on Sunday, we lost our friend Bob Saget. Yeah, And I want to talk about him, but I also want to talk about sort of the aftermath, the last few days of people mourning him and talking about him. So, um, you know, it's interesting that you had a connection with him in that you replaced him you and John Fugelsang replaced yeah, him on, a, on on America's Funniest Videos. Yeah, but oddly enough, I didn't really meet him until I met him with you. Yeah, yeah. isn't that bizarre? Yeah, a very, very sweet man, nice guy, told awfully dirty jokes at times. Yeah, his humor was blue. <laughs> his humor was off the rail. It was so great because he was America's dad yeah. on TV, but in his stand-up, he was so foul. really, really... So not foul. for everybody. Yeah. Um, it's funny because he looks like a sweet, he does look like a sweet <laughs> dad and he almost looks like, like and he is, he was a sweet dad. You know, dad. he's super cute and he's like a, a little nerdy mm-hmm. and he's very sweet. But then when you watch his stand up, he's just so foul. And yeah. I guess that kind of, you know, is what's really, the contrast is kind of shocking. As was his passing. I was shocked. Yeah, we all were. 65 years old. You just don't expect it. He had, he, he was recently married in, uh, 2018. And I remember the last time we both had dinner with him, it was with him and, and his, Kelly and Kelly. And they were about to get married. They were about to get married and they were so happy. Um, it's just, I, I can't imagine what she's going through because, you know, they were best friends. They, they were just starting their life together yeah. and it's just so sad. And, and his daughters and he was yeah. such a devoted father. So I met Bob, I want to say in 2011 or 2012 at, um, there was a Friars roast. You know what the Friars roast is? Yeah. It's a pretty famous, it's a pretty big deal in New York at the Friars Club where they roast various comedians and comedy icons. Yeah. And there was a roast for Jack Black. Mm-hmm. I don't know Jack Black, but I was invited because somebody had the idea. They wanted somebody to do a Tenacious D song. Right. You know, the, the duo that Jack yeah. Black's part of. <clears throat> and so they, they, uh, they reached out to me, of all people, to do a Tenacious D song, to see if I would do a Tenacious D song. And I said, I'll do it only if I can do their song called Fuck Her Gently. Oh, Jesus. And I need to do it with an all-female string quartet. Oh, Jesus. And I played acoustic guitar, and I sang it like as if I was singing Right Here Waiting or Now and Forever. Oh, no. And if you've never heard that song, you can certainly... uh, 
check it out on <laughs> Apple Music or whatever, Tenacious D's Fuck Her Gently. Uh, now, here's the, the, the really cool thing is that the Friars Roasts, um, there's a no camera, no phones. You, you don't see this. It's not out yeah. there in the public. It's, it's closed doors. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was hilarious. And, uh, you know, the fact that I made people like Jack Black lose their shit because it was, I, I did it completely deadpan and serious, you know, and, and, uh, straight faced. Um, the night before there was a dinner for all the people who were part of the roast. Mm-hmm. And there was Bob Saget with his daughters. And he made such a big deal of introducing me, of being so kind to me and giving me a hug. And mm-hmm. I can't believe we've never met all these years. And I'm such a fan. And I said, same to you. And he said, you got to meet my daughters. They love you. And he was so warm and gracious. And then maybe a year, year and a half later, I moved back to L.A. And I think you and I were just starting to see each other, maybe. Mm-hmm. And there was a charity event uh, that Michael Bolton had in Reno. And he had Bob come and host it and do a little stand-up. And Michael asked if I would come and do a couple of songs. It was for Michael's charity. And Michael was friendly with Bob Saget, too. So I went to Reno, did the thing. It was great to see Bob again. And Bob and I ended up on the same flight back to L.A. the Mm -hmm. next morning. So we're at the airport together. And... We sit together on the plane, and by the time the hour flight was over, he was like, we have to have dinner, we have to hang out. And so we just started becoming friends. And we didn't see each other that many times. We weren't what I would call close friends. But here's 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 the whole point of this. So, but Bob was someone I knew and who I liked. And we would... Be in touch here and there. Yeah, you would text from time to time. And the text were always very loving and Well, that's that's what I'm getting to. So he and I had dinner alone together a few times. We had dinner with him and his fiance, Mm -hmm. who became his wife, Kelly. Um, We went to his, I think a year and a half ago, or right before the pandemic, we went to his fundraiser. Yeah, to this, yes, he he started a fundraiser for his sister, the, the disease that his sister died of. Yeah. Scleroderma, I think it's yeah, called. Right. He's raised millions of dollars with his events and he asked us to attend and we went and it was a great event yeah. in Beverly Hills. And, um, and so when Bob died suddenly on Sunday, two things. One, I found myself going through his emails and texts to me. And... I'm trying to articulate this properly. I felt um, regret. Yeah. Because in looking at his texts to me and his emails to me, he was offering a level of friendship that I didn't get or that I didn't receive or respond to in, in the way that I could have. He was so loving. Yeah. And he would, every once in a while, he would just text me, I, hey, handsome, I just wanted you to know I love you. Or you're the, you're the, you're, you're the most wonderful guy. Or just little, yeah. little pep talks, right? And he really didn't acknowledge it as the, I would always say, oh man, I love you too. But yeah. it was sort of like, 
It's almost like that thing where you pat somebody on the back when you hug them, like, love you. Instead of like the people who you hold and yeah. you grab. And you, instead of trying to get to know him better and be closer. And part of that is because I'm uh, historically, I think I'm a good friend, but I'm a little, I'm suspicious of everyone, unfortunately, because of being burned a lot in my life yeah. by people. And I'm not as easy to know as I would like to be. But it, I was, I've been having regret the last couple of days looking through Bob's correspondences to me because he was not only open to a, a good friendship with me and a close friendship with me, but sort of offering it. Right. And you regret not acknowledge, not noticing that. Not responding in kind. Like I would respond to him and we would, and I would always be effusive in my, man, I miss you. And he would say, we have to have dinner with the girls. Yeah. And I go, yes, you know, I can't wait. It was never like, bla I was never blase about it. Right. But I didn't say, how about Monday? Right. Or I, I didn't reach out to him as much as he reached out to me, you know, maybe by a, a couple of degrees or something. And it's because he died so suddenly that I have regret and I hate that. And it's, yeah. you know, if nothing else, it's a wake up call for me at least to not only uh, really cherish the people who I'm close to, mm -hmm. but be more open and yeah. be more receiving of people who are trying to be that kind of friend to me. Um, like, uh, and the other thing that I, that, that is clear is the outpouring of see this is the real this is the real point of what I want to say what I'm experiencing and my experiences with Bob Saget are mirrored by hundreds of people yeah person after person after person saying he was so sweet he was such a good friend he was always checking in with me he was always he was a he was as I tweeted last night he was an expert at showing affection yeah, and kindness and love to people. And uh, it says so much about someone when they pass, when there's such an outpouring of grief and mourning and, and love and love. I mean, yeah. everybody people really loved, loved him. him and they had nothing but kind things to say about him. Yeah. And that's wonderful. I think that that's all we can all hope for. Um, I think that it's also a lesson for all of us. It's a nice reminder, like you said, to really be the person we want to be. Yeah. And life is too short. Why? What, what are we waiting for? Um, it, it's all about love, the love you give, the love you share. Um, and there's no better time than the present. You know, yeah. I, I think of, of his relationship with his family and with his wife and it was, <coughs> it was cut short, you know? Yeah. Like he was say, only 65. It's like only the good and he was a young. young 65. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was, he really enjoyed his work. He was very good at what he did. Um, let's not forget the lesson in all of this to really live life to the fullest and to reach out to all of those who we love And to just love a little deeper and, and take more chances and make more friends and, yeah. and welcome people into your life. And yes, you, not everybody's going to be great and you may get burned, but so what? 
maybe one person is not so great and you've made 10 new really great friends. Yeah. So I think that we can't go through life being with our walls up so high all the time, being worried that someone's going to burn us because what's going to happen is going to happen. And in the process, you may push aside some very good people who are just, you know, who could be an asset in your life. Especially people who you uh, in, initially and immediately respond to. If like he and I just hit it off. Yeah. <clears throat> and so he was sort of like, okay, we're friends now. Right. And I'm going to be checking in on you and I'm going to be loving you. That's so sweet. <clears throat> um, can I tell two quick stories about Bob Saget? <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to end on a downer, even though it is just fucking it's sad. so, so sad. So maybe almost four years ago, I guess, um, we hadn't talked in a little while. We hadn't seen each other. And uh, we'd set, we met up for dinner. And you were having dinner at the same restaurant, but in another <laughs> yeah. room with some girlfriends. Yeah. And so Bob and I met up in the other part of the dining room. We get there, we hug, we sit down. He immediately takes out his phone and takes a selfie of us together mm -hmm. at the table. <clears throat> immediately. Like the first thing. He hugs me, we sit down, he doesn't order a drink, he just <laughs> takes the picture, takes a selfie of us. And he's looking at it and he's like, oh, and he's, he's criticizing himself the way he looks in the picture, whatever. And then he shows it to me and he says, you okay with this? Can I post this? And I said, yeah, sure. So he posts it on his Instagram. It, it goes send. And he turns to me, he goes, so we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> so we had this really fun dinner. You guys came over, I think at the, I forget who you were with, but you guys came over uh, to yeah. the table. <clears throat> and when the check came, as will happen, Bob and I, I went to get the check or he went to, anyway, we split it. Yeah. Well, it turns out we both threw down an American Express card that looked identical. So when the server gave us our, what do you call those? The little leather pouch, the little, uh, there's a name for those. Anyway. The little the, bill portfolio. The bill portfolio. We signed, we tipped and signed and I took his card and he took my card because we didn't look at it. We didn't check it. <laughs> The next afternoon, he calls me. Richard, dinner was so wonderful last night. I love you so much. I got your American Express card and you got mine. And I said, oh shit. I said, so uh, I'm leaving town for a day or two, um, but we can swap it when, as soon as I get back. He goes, well, we can swap it after I get back from St. Bart. And if you see a charge, <laughs> just, just ignore that. Just, um, anyway, I hate that I'm not going to have dinner with Bob Saget again. Yeah. And I'm really, really heartbroken for Kelly and his daughters. And, and like I said, you know, if there's anything to learn from tragedies like this, it's to, uh, acknowledge it and put it into motion and I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better with the people I care about. And I'm going to be more open to people. Yeah. I'm going to try to do the same, but I think it's understandable that, you know, people, especially people our age who are in, in the type of business where you're constantly meeting new people. Yeah. It's, I think it's understandable to be a little bit 
um, cautious of people. Uh, but how do you, you know, how do we balance that? How can we be open to having new people in our lives at the, at the same time, be cautious of those who are just toxic? Yeah. Um, that's a really, that, that's a, it's a slippery slope. It's, um, not, <laughs> it's, it's not an easy Excuse thing, me. but. But I think it's something that I'd like to conquer. It's something that I'd like to learn how to navigate. It's worth conquering and navigating because it is beneficial. Yeah, it is. We'll be right back after this short break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's no one I've ever heard of in the history of mankind who said, oh, having more, more close friends than I planned on was such a fucking <laughs> hardship. Yeah. Yeah. I think it takes effort, especially as you get older, uh, to make new friends. It really does. Yeah. But it, I, I, I don't... It's... <sighs> I'd like to learn a little bit about the psychology behind that and why, why, you know, when we were kids, we would just walk up to somebody and go, Hey, what's your name? So-and-so. Oh, you want to play? Okay. Yeah. You play and okay. We're best friends now. Yeah. You know, you, you know that you're going to hang out cause you just did and you liked each other. So now you're friends yeah. and we lose that because we become so jaded, you know? And the truth is that, yes, have I, have I befriended new people who I thought were nice people who I thought were going to be my friends? And did they stab me in the back hard? Yes, that's happened to me and it may happen again, but just because of that, I can't close myself off to everyone. No, you can't. I think I'm really good at... You can't penalize good-intentioned, well-intentioned people yeah. because of the bad apples. Exactly. It's and very I, hard to do. It's I, very hard to overcome that. I, I'm the first to tell you. And I think I'm good at first impressions and I'm good with my instincts about people. I really am. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to try to do, to do better. You know, it's kind of like when you, when you have uh, a relationship and you break up and then whatever faults of that person were, you bring on to your next relationship yeah. and, and treat the new person as if, you know, they're going to do the same things as that last person. And it's so unfair. What's hard to overcome, uh, speaking personally, is I'll meet, I'll meet someone. Um, like, for instance, I'm, th I'm thinking of a specific example. I met, some, I met a guy at the gym years ago. 
like six years ago, seven years ago. So working out in the gym, uh, this guy recognized me, <clears throat> came over. I, I forget what connection he had to me, whether he, I think he knew someone, we had someone in common, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he spotted me, came over. He was really nice. Um, I don't remember what he does, but he's in some sort of, uh, not in the thick of entertainment, but he's on the outskirts of it. Um, he continually reaches out, uh, and says, hi, and let's go have coffee or let's go do this or let's go do that. And there's just a part of me that's like, what does he want? Yeah. Instead of like, oh, he's just being nice. Right. But there's a part of me that's like, I I don't know you. I don't, why are you? But how do you get to know people? Right. And and if he just has a sense, like, I feel like I would be friends with Richard. Yeah. So I'm going to pursue that. Um, That's the dance that's like, I think that that's why usually friendships are so organic. They just work. They just click. It's not because one person sort of like really pushed and made it work. Yeah. But, but in, in adult real life, that is how it happens. You know, someone has to take the initiative to reach out to say, Hey, let's hang out. Or you want to have a drink or you want to go to lunch. That's how it happens. Yeah. And, and, there's usually one person that is trying to initiate the relationship or the friendship and one person who's either shutting it down and resisting. Yeah. You know, and that other person is only going to reach out so many times before they take the hint. So I, I just think that, um, it's just much more difficult in, in when we're older and, when, you know, for me, it's, it's much more difficult because I don't have kids and everyone who I know has become friends with their friends as adults through their kids. Yeah. Their kids are friends. So, you know, they have to take their kids to these play dates. So they become friends with their parents by default, whether they like them or not. And some good friendships do come out of that. Yeah. So when you, when, when your kids are grown, when you no longer have to set up play dates and when you're an adult, when you're not working in a set work environment, whether you're working from home or you travel a lot like we do, it's much more difficult to establish a friendship because you're not seeing somebody at the office every day. Right. You're not, uh, you know, seeing the same people at school. When you pick up your kids, you're not going to the same play dates. It's so how it's almost like we have forgotten how to uh, be social with new people as adults. Yeah. But we've talked about this, you know, I don't think I know that it's not true for you, but in the last year and a half, I've, uh, developed two new friendships. Yeah. Particularly two, uh, which is kind of remarkable. It is. Yeah. I, I think I've, I've established definitely a couple of new acquaintances. Yeah. People who can become friends and, and I, you know, I do like them and I like hanging out with them and I like having new people in our lives. Yeah. I'm going to try to be more aware of that and, um, you know, just be more open to it. Because yeah. we do meet a lot of people. We, we meet a we lot do, of people. We are we very lucky open. in that we do meet a lot of people. Uh, one last thing, which is very exciting news. Again, for those of you who listen to our podcast regularly, you know that Daisy's always up for watching 
a movie or a new TV show, <laughs> and I am Mr. Sour Grapes. Yes. If the movie isn't any good in the ne- in the first seven minutes, I'm like, this is two hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. This is a piece of shit. I get really angry about it. <laughs> uh, we generally don't hang in there with TV shows together. If I like something, you don't like it, and vice versa. But we found one, and it only took four attempts to get me to want to yes. stick with it. And now I persisted. And now we're kind of obsessed with the morning show. It's such a good show. It's really good. I'm it a, is. I'm so fucking in. Yes, it's a I'm good show. I'm 100% into the morning show. Good characters, great writing. It's very topical. Steve Carell is so He's so good. good. So yeah. talented and so is Billy Crudup, Crudup? Billy Crudup, I think. Yeah. Um and Everybody. I love Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston's great. And I it's love like, her. It's a great cast. It's like once you get, if any of you has like tried it, watch the first episode or two and like, eh, I would say hang in there because now I'm, yeah. I'm uh, binging the shit out of it. <laughs> really. And I love that we have a show that we, yes, that I love it. That we're into watching. We're almost done with the first season. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. And the, uh, and we're saving and don't anybody who's listening in the comments do not fucking ruin Dexter for us because <laughs> we're waiting to go back to LA to watch the finale of Dexter's new season with my sons because yeah. they're really into it um, and they're all on board to meet up with us yeah. and watch Dexter I um, can't wait and it's the little things it's the little things like that like finding a new TV show that we're really excited about uh, so I'm reading a new book yeah which is an oh, old, yeah, you've been reading it to me. Yeah, which is an old 2018, right? book. Yes, it's from 2017, I believe. But it still holds up, and I kind of knew what it was about. And for some reason, it th- this book showed up on my timeline. So a couple of pe- different people talking about it. And I took it as a sign, so I downloaded it. I was like, I'm definitely, it's time to read this book. Yeah. Because it always comes up in, in the list of the best self-help books. Yeah. And the top you know, the top five of all time, best self-help books and best advice for success. <coughs> this book is always there. Success uh, or wealth or just both. Yeah, both. So many of you may have read it already. It's worth picking up and rereading cause it still holds up. It's rich dad, poor dad. And, uh, the it, it's by Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter. And it's based on Kiyosaki's life, really. Um, so it's his friend's father is the rich dad who accumulated wealth due to entrepreneurship. And he was a very savvy investor, while the poor dad is claimed to be Kiyosaki's own father, who he says worked hard all his life, but never obtained any financial security. So he really compares the way the rich dad and the poor dad raised their sons. Yeah. So he kind of feels like he had both a rich dad and a poor dad because he considers his best friend's dad also like Like his dad, dad. like another dad. And he grew up hearing the advice that they would both give. And it was very different advice. And it is brilliant. It's also very connected to my favorite book of all time, which is called As a Man Thinketh. Yes. Because the, the moral of the book you're reading, which I want to read it, yeah. Like full on after, cause you've been sharing snippets with me, but I want to, I want to read it. Uh, but everything you've mentioned mm-hmm. is connected to 
that sort of old adage of like, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And it's all about how you think. And it's about how you perceive yourself. Yes. And the limitations that you put on yourself as opposed to the unlimited options that you put on yourself. Right. And as a parent, the things that you tell your child. Yeah, they stick. They stick and they create they create who you will become and they create the way you view money, the way you view wealth. It's very important and it is so true. Um, A lot of these relationships with money and the way people view money and whether they have it or they don't start with their own parents and it's passed down from generation to generation to generation. Um, and I think, I think it's true. I think people who are born wealthy hear a very different, uh, discussion about money yeah. than people who are born poor and then stay poor. Um, it, it really is a, a mental state that you have to be in. And it's given way- me one of the best examples is the one you shared with me last night about affording. Do you remember that? Oh yes. That, you know, one, for example, um, one dad would say, uh, I can't afford this. Oh, I can't afford that. We can't afford that. And the other dad would say, um, what do you have to do to be able to afford that? How can we afford this? And one of them makes your brain think, you know, what do I have to do to afford this? And the other one is just uh, write it off. Shuts your brain down. It's done. Can't afford it. That will never be mine. It's, that was so Move on important. from it. That's a powerful distinction. Yes. Yes. We can't afford it to how can I afford it? Something so simple like that, you know, makes such a huge difference. And both parents really pushed for education and being prepared. One father would say, you know, get good grades and go to school so that you can work, you know, at a good company. And the other father would say, go, go to school, prepare yourself, get good grades so that you know which company is a good company to buy. Yeah. Um, it's just a different attitude. Um, that's just a very light, um, uh, idea of what they mean by it. It gets very in depth and it really gets into investing and, and how, how to look at, um, finances and, and wealth. And it, it's, I think it's an important book to read at, for anyone, but particularly for those people who, um, who have children Yeah, to really catch yourself in the things that you're saying and whether you're setting your children up for success or, you know, you're, you're setting them up to be wealthy or to just be poor and barely make it. Yeah. Good one. Good, good uh, recommendation, Daisy Fuentes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's carry on with our evening. <clears throat> Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Rest in power, Bob Saget. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Tequila Talk with Daisy Fuentes and Richard Marks. Download new episodes every week, and if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. And while you're at it, check out some of the other great shows available on Straw Hut Media. 